<laughs> we're on. Thank you again. I don't know, oh, I forgot to mention, I do have some extras of these. So a few. We're using the same one we used last week. Next week, there'll be a whole new one. Just give me the whole thing. Pass them up. So where, where we're starting again here, well, let, let me just open quickly with prayer. Gracious Father, thank you that you join us together uh, in fellowship and in a desire to learn more of your word. We ask that, that uh, indeed uh, what is shared today uh, reveals your heart and your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so I'm going to start toward the bottom of the front page here, and I'm going to do just a little bit of repeat, Okay. But I've asked to have Matthew 16, 24 through 27 read, so thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay. What will it profit a man if he gains the world and loses his own soul? That's, and, and Machen points that out in some pretty significant ways here. Um, and the whole concept of the liberal movement um, is to identify with the world, okay? And in so doing, it would be easy to lose your soul if that's what you're doing. And so I wanted that read, thank you. Uh, so I'll just briefly bring this up again. Called liberalism or modernism, Machen points out that the great offense is that the Christian name is still attached to it. I'm at the bottom of the page. He maintains that it is an entirely different religion because it's actually naturalism, which rejects any part of the creative power of God. Machen maintains that naturalistic liberalism comes as a byproduct of the inventions of I, I continually be amazed that he wrote this 100 years ago. It's amazing. The inventions of industrialization, just imagine what he would be saying if he saw the technology of today. He declares that scarcely any limits can be assigned to future progress in the material realm. Oh my goodness, okay? We are now faced with, I forgot something else over here, oh my book. We are now faced with, um, things that he could have never imagined. In fact, we're in a situation where we can't even quite wrap our heads around it. And now things are going to get to a point where perhaps people will not even be in control of it because what man, man has created in such things as AI and that kind of thing could possibly take it all over. Now, Machen is very quick to point out that the technology or the pursuit of technology is not a sin. That's not what he's talking about. We shouldn't all cloister ourselves in 
and, and, uh, and join a commune and, and push the world away. But we need to be aware of what that pursuit can do, and that's, that's what he's pointing out. Um, I'm on, let's see, onto the back of the page. I'm going to read a section from um, page three. Anybody, I know some of you are trying to follow. You certainly do not need to. But I'm in the top paragraph of page three. Machen writes, modern inventions and the industrialism that has been built upon them have given us in many respects a new world to live in. We can no more remove ourselves from that world than we can escape from the atmosphere that we breathe. So we can't remove ourselves from it. We're not even commanded. In fact, the opposite, we're, we're, we're commanded to live in the world reflecting Christ, being Christ in the world, okay? So he's not trying to do that. It's not what he's trying to do with all of this. This book does not read like it's 100 years old. It it, the, the concerns of a Christian church being distorted by pressures of scientific discovery turns out to be prophetic. What was a concern of Machen in 1923 has become reality today. As he wonders then whether any belief system from the past will hold up against the arrogance of modern man's scientific discoveries, we see today the results of a society that has cast aside any need for foundational truth. Man has become the new God, and in the belief system of fickle man, there is no need for a foundation. Okay, and think about all of that, that, that whole process there. Um, if I did not believe that I had anything in my life that was always true and will be forever true, then I'm just like, I'm in, a, I'm in the middle of the ocean in a boat without a rudder, without a motor, without a sail, okay? And, and there's, there's no, I can't imagine living my life without a foundation. Now, a lot of times men try to create their own foundations, but the problem with that is that it's according to who? It's not according to an eternal creator. It's according to, it's, it's the gospel according to me. And you should believe it because I said it, okay? So you can see where the creep of social, or excuse me, the creep of liberalism into the church is removing us from our moorings. It's taking us away from that. And it starts small. We've all heard the discussion about the slippery slope. And, you know, I think that's overused. But that, that's part of what we're dealing with and part of what he's warning us of a century ago. So, again, I want to I mention, people, I'd love to have you comment. So please raise your hand. I don't want to just control the, the entire discussion. Okay, by the way, we're still in the introduction of this book. I hope to be done with it today. The next chapter is large. It's on doctrine, and of course, that's kind of who Machen was. And I don't know if any of you read this week, I had Matt put another chunk of biography of the life of Machen in it. I'm trying to put some things in. I'll try to put something fresh in every week that you can look, because I found it helpful. I, before I got this book, I just had a very cursory knowledge of who he was. And the more I learn about who he is, the more amazed I am of how God used this man. Um, and we are Orthodox Presbyterian, even though 
many of us, perhaps most of us, don't come from that original foundation. Um, God used him to, well, the Orthodox Presbyterian Church would not exist without J. Gresham Machen. So, um, nor would uh, Westminster Seminary, I don't think. Um, certainly he was, he was uh, instrumental in it. Um, I'll just go on. I'm on number four on the back. Machen likens the solid, unwavering truths of the Bible to the walls of a strong fortress. Now, this is my summary of what he did, okay? So here, here's the picture. Standing behind those walls, our faith is protected. Standing on those walls, our faith is declared. Moving outside of those walls in the name of reaching out and relating to the world, we are vulnerable to attack and capture by a godless, unrelenting world. Now, don't mistake what I'm saying for we should just stay behind the walls or on top of the walls. But if you move out in order to relate to the world instead of move out uh, to represent Christ in the world, okay, you're in danger. And that's what he's saying that they're doing. They're deciding that the, the liberal movement within the church is deciding that we're going to relate to them and we'll have more members because they'll be happier, they'll feel less, less threatened, they'll um, feel less condemned. I absolutely love the way that we have been taught to recognize at the beginning of the service, I may have mentioned this last time, at the beginning of the service um, that we've sinned this week, and boy have we, okay? And we need to confess that, and we need to pray that, and then the preacher announces that we have been pardoned. And then we move on to find out how we can live better for Christ this week, and that's the sermon. Yeah? So is he saying with the advancement of technology that the world comes out of our walls at first with sticks and stones, but now it's coming to the point of heavy artillery that it's going to be a, a, a more of a more difficult uh, war raged against us because of the technology advancing? Well, that's a good analogy for sure. I mean, absolutely. I mean, he didn't know. I'm saying it now, 100 years later, things he didn't, he couldn't possibly foresee. We also always have to have this in focus. We all think the whole world has experienced the Christian life that America has experienced. And we are in, you know, it's in other cultures. The Bible is solid. The preaching is the same. The, the God's love for his people all over the world is the same. But we're kind, we Americans, have, I grew up kind of arrogant, the idea that, you know, gee, uh, I'm a Christian. I realize how easy I have it, how, how easy it is to, to um, simply, quote, walk the Christian life and, and, and live and so on. So other parts of the world now are also going to be affected. The point I'm getting to is technology, this scary stuff is affecting the entire world. It's going to be, and the very fact that the entire world now can be told what to do, when to go to work, you know, that kind of thing is a scary thing. That's a very good possibility it's going to happen. And the entire world is under the influence of media that can simply, I have no problem with every opinion being shared. I have a problem with the fact that the media is being manipulated. And those of us who 
care to dig can find uh, solid truth, but most people aren't doing that. They're looking at what Google News tells them this morning on their phone, and that's the only news they touch. So again, I, I want to make this class in, I don't want to make it political. That's not what we're doing. That's not why we're here. But I, I want to point out that we are under attack, I don't know how many more times than what Machen was declaring. And he was afraid for things that are true for us now. We're going to get here in a little bit. I better get to it. His, his comments about the schools, okay, which I thought was just, it was fascinating to me. You know, my thoughts of, I mean, my goodness, my, my, my dad was born in 27. You know, I thought back in 23 or 4 or whatever that the public schools, there was, you know, you know all, all the kids were good. The parents punished them when they got home and they found out what happened at school. You know, all those kinds of things. Everything was just beautiful. <coughs> he saw things in the public school system 100 years ago that now are just coming to us in horror. He also points out, and I'm going to bring this up in a minute, though, he's not anti-public school. We're going to bring it up in a second, too. Okay. Uh, let me just go ahead. Um, Machen likes the solid, unwavering truths of the Bible. Oh, wait a minute. I already said that one, didn't I? Um, number five. Another astonishing way in which this book is as fresh as if it had been written yesterday is Machen's recognition of the evils of a government replacing individual freedoms with collective mandates creating one-size-fits-all rules. I'm going to go to page 10 in the middle of the second paragraph. Just about in the middle of the page. Um, the whole development of modern society has tended mightily toward the limitation of the realm of freedom for the individual man. The tendency is most clearly seen in socialism. A socialistic state would mean the reduction to a minimum of the sphere of individual choice. Labor and recreation under a socialistic government would both be prescribed and individual liberty would be gone. My goodness. I, I can't believe he wrote this 100 years ago. Uh, it, it, now, keep in mind also, though, they were experiencing some pressures prior to the Great Depression and during the Great Depression. Most people don't realize that there was a huge threat to the American government in the Great Depression because communism and social movements and revolution was all over the world. And there was a lot of them during the Depression when there, were, when there was hunger, when there was terrible, no work, when people were in terrible uh, shape, there was a lot of pressure against the government. And we could have easily, we did start going progressive, but we could have easily even had a coup. It could have happened during that time period. So he's seeing some of that here as, as he's writing, although he's a little earlier than the Depression. Um, yes? You probably heard it. I think it's still recording, okay. but I don't see it anymore. It's probably to save. We'll find out, won't we? <laughs> if it recorded or not. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, you and I are going to see if the experiment worked later. Okay. Um, so, any thoughts, any thoughts on that right now? Because he's bringing this up and he's seeing that even the movements, isn't it interesting that within the church he's worried about a loss of individual freedom? It's very interesting to me. <coughs> okay. Um, let's see. I, I'm going to repeat myself if I'm not careful. 
Yes. Well, I, I didn't want to, I didn't, I tried not to mix those two, and, and I obviously succeeded in doing so. He saw that um, outside of the church body, outside of the, of, of, of the, the body uh, of Christ, that there were movements afloat which would take not God's word, but governments beginning to tell us what to do, okay, beyond the realm of individual freedoms. And he's worried that that is, as the church decides to want to go and follow the world, that they're going to fall into that pattern too. I don't know if that's a good explanation, but that's the best I can come up with, I think. Um, I'm going to have to start keeping track of what I read last night. So here Machen is not making a partisan political statement. He's revealing the evils of a man-made governmental system in which the state replaces God. From the fall of Adam until today, man is corrupted. This is why we need the foundations within the word of God to guide us individually, not replaced by man-made institutions to steer us collectively. And did I already say that? I did. Okay, maybe. All right. I've got another um, long passage that I want to read and here he talks specifically about public schooling as well as how that is affected by private schooling and homeschooling and so on, which I just was, I was stunned as to what he said. So I'm going to be on page 11, and I'm going to start at the bottom of the page, last paragraph. Manifestations of such a tendency can easily be seen. In the state of Nebraska, for example, a law is now in force according to which no instruction in any school in the state, public or private, is to be given through the medium of a language other than English, and no language other than English is to be studied even as a language until the child has passed an examination before the county superintendent of education showing that the eighth grade has been passed. In other words, no foreign language, apparently not even Latin or Greek, is to be studied until the child is too old to learn it well. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, even I know that. You think about it, language formation is easily learned. We all know of people, families, that where, where kids grow up bilingual because it's been spoken in the house, you know, and they, they don't even confuse them, okay? Uh, it, in this way, that the modern collectivism deals with a kind of study which is absolutely essential to all genuine mental advance. The minds of the people of Nebraska and of any other states where similar laws prevail are to be kept by the power of the state in a permanent condition of arrested development. It might seem as though with such laws, obscurity, uh, some of his words are big, obscurantism um, had reached its lowest possible depths but there are depths lower still. In the state of Oregon on election day 1922, a law was passed by a referendum vote in accordance with which all children in the state are required to attend the public schools. Thankfully, I don't think that stayed, okay? Christian schools and private schools, at least in the all important lower grades, are thus wiped out of existence. Such laws, which if in the present temper of the people prevails, will probably soon be extended far beyond the bounds of one state 
mean, of course, the ultimate destruction of all real education. When one considers that what the public schools of America in many places already are, their materialism, their discouragement of any sustained intellectual effort, their encouragement of the dangerous pseudoscientific fads of the experimental psychology, one can only be appalled by the thought of a commonwealth in which there is no escape from such soul-killing system. But the principle of such laws and their ultimate tendency are far worse than the immediate results. And here he says, a public school system in itself is indeed of enormous benefit to the race. So nobody needs to come to the idea that he's suggesting that we don't need public schools. My grandmother, who taught in public schools for many years, used to say, yeah, it's wonderful when you get all the education in the home environment that's there. It's wonderful if a family can afford to pay for Christian school. That's a beautiful thing. But what are we going to do with all the rest of the kids? That's how my grandmother, and so that's where she wanted to be, was in public school for all the rest of those kids. So he's not arguing against public school. He's arguing against the state stepping in and educating our children. But it is a benefit only if it's kept healthy at every moment by the absolutely free possibility of the competition of private schools. Okay, private schools as a competition, and we've seen some of that recently where um, uh, parents are pulling, we've seen a lot of it lately, where parents are pulling their kids out of public schools, and boy, the pressure it puts on them is immense. You've got to have that pressure. The public school system, if it means the providing of free education to those who desire it, is a noteworthy and beneficent, beneficent achievement of modern times. But when once it becomes monopolistic, it is the most perfect instrument of tyranny which has yet been devised. Freedom of thought in the Middle Ages was combated with, by the Inquisition, but the modern method is far more effective. Place the lives of children in their formative years, despite the convictions of their parents, under the intimate control of experts appointed by the state, force them to attend schools where their higher aspirations of humanity are crushed out and where the mind is filled with the materialism of the day and it is difficult to see how even the remnants of liberty can subsist. Wow. That's, that's just, that's amazing. And he, did, he said this 100 years ago. I don't know. I, I don't, I, I can, I'm getting to an age now where I repeat myself a whole lot. Okay? So forgive me. I may have said this two weeks ago. Okay? But I'm thankful that after I die, God doesn't bring me back 100 years from now to the earth to see what the state of things are then, okay? And I imagine Machen would, in glory, be thankful of the same thing, okay? How exponentially multiplied has what he's come up with here been in the last 100 years? Note, uh, again, I, I repeat on this, notice Machen does not condemn the concept of public schools. He sees the need for providing free education for all, and in a free society, where there is the competition of not only private schools, but home schools also, public education must excel in order to compete. But when competition is removed, the public school system becomes an arm of the state to promote the will of the state. And uh, we have a, a resident um, homeschool director here in the room. Okay. Um, as, as, have you seen 
a, an increase in homeschooling. Exactly. That, that was a point that, that I forgot to make, I was going to make. A lot of them were able to see what was being taught because it was coming across the computer at their kids in their own homes. Um, I, we have a friend who recently uh, went to a school board meeting in New Prairie over LaPorte County to protest I think six books, six books that were in the library, and to their credit, they let her read portions from it in the school board meeting. And I would never repeat in this room what she had to read. And they're in the school libraries of junior high and high school kids. Um, this is what comes of a bureaucracy out of control. And we need, to see, we need to see also that we run into dangers within the church too when we start straying away from the basic principles of God's word. And I'm, I'm no fan of, of fundamentalist preaching, don't get me wrong. I don't want, I don't want a preacher uh, from start to finish pound us over the head with our sins for the entire sermon. Okay. But we do need to see what God's word says to us, and we do need to hear it proclaimed, and we do need to ask forgiveness, and we do need to, we need to see where our church could go before it goes there. Okay. Um, I'm just going to leave it with the last pair, unless somebody has a comment or a thought. I don't want this whole thing to be nothing but a lecture, so please feel to jump in, please. In fact, some of you have taught before, or you know we're kind of begging for somebody to say something because there's dead air here, okay? Um, I finish with, above all, in this book, Machen is decrying the sliding of the church away from its declaration of the grace of God into a worship of the modern achievements of man. He asks this question, by denying the most basic doctrines of our faith in favor of declaring the glories of scientific discovery, are we not gaining the world and losing our souls? So, any other thoughts or comments? Well, it's yes. Lamenting the fact that there was no religious instruction in his schools, or I haven't seen that yet in his book. Um, and <coughs> go ahead. Oh, please. Surely not. <laughs> well, I say with all sincerity, you do not look it. Okay. All right. She'll be happy to know that. <laughs> okay. But you remember what?
Fifty one was first grade, fifty eight yeah. okay. was eighth grade, ninth, fifty nine was freshman in high school. Fifty five I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, <we're> <laughs> <laughs> but and my mother previously um, taught in country school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even my father's youngest sister, who is who is still living, mm-hmm. did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, but she did go to she did go to she was the first one in our family to go to college. Mm-hmm. And she went to uh, College of Emporia, and she did earn a teacher's degree. Mm-hmm. But at the time, she the, that she received her teacher's degree, she got a life. So did my grandmother. There was yep. no way that anybody could even force her right. to go back and get any more education. Right. She did, of course, and she taught fifth grade until right. Right. her son was out of high school. Right. But also, you know, with, this is, is hard to relate to that all of that was that far back. I right. Mean, Yeah. Well, and, and I would say from what I know, that was the rule across most public schools, especially, right, right. But what, I think what Machen is saying is he could, he could, I mean, he wouldn't think of himself as a prophet, but he could see where this kind of mandate was heading, where, where, um, where, where states telling uh, all their schools that they have to go to public school or that they, they can't teach foreign language until eighth grade. He could see that that was going to head to all kinds of other bad things. And that's right. When my, right, right, yes. Right. today that we see. And I think that's what Mason was talking about. Yeah. 
that you're trying to get too many, you're you're trying to get too much opinion with a directed piece of information, and that's where the state comes in and controls. Because as a homeschool person, a lot of times we're we're warned very heavily against accepting any government funding yeah. because there are there's funding out there. Like a homeschool family can receive thousands of dollars depending on what state you're in as part of your homeschool funding or whatever mm-hmm. to use however you will, but then it comes with mandates. Like you yeah. have to report what you're teaching. You have yeah. to have a curriculum layout. Like they mm-hmm. want to know what's going on. It's just that little piece of control mm-hmm. to where they can, like what Mage was just talking about, they're, they're, they're trying to dumb down the kids mm-hmm. enough that they are easily controlled. Yeah. And he, he could see the results of all this coming way ahead of time. What's that? Right. 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 They're not teaching students how to learn. Yeah. How to problem solve. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what Mason was talking about, was saying the public schools are a good thing. We want children to be educated. We right. want people to be able to understand what's going on around them, but not to be controlled. Right. Well, thank you. We're five <laughs> minutes out of time. I was going to say the problem might be that instead of being told how to actually research Right. Right. Bad information looking for things in encyclopedias and Okay, well I'm gonna close in prayer. Thank you. And uh, we will actually start on the first full chapter next time. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you reveal yourself to us. Thank you, Lord, that you give us um, your word a foundation, a solid wall to build our lives upon. We ask, Lord, that uh, you would continue to guide us as we study more uh, about what uh, this man, the gifts that you have given this man to share to us 100 years later. And uh, we pray now that your blessings upon uh, the rest of our day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everybody.